Welcome to Metaphysical. Can't tell you how much I love that opening. It's awesome. It's awesome. John, how are you? Doing really well. How about yourself? Very good. So uh, for all of you at home, I'm Rob Counts. And with me, as always, is John Vivanco over here, who is a uh, is a remote viewer, which we'll be getting into soon. And uh, I am a researcher. And uh, we just kind of figured y'all at home would love to hear our phone calls. So we decided to take <laughs> it on the podcast. Yeah, we're just doing video calls now. And recording. Exactly. Um, and today we have a very, very cool episode um, set up for you guys that's going to be about natural and unnatural earth portals. That's right. Portals to somewhere else, the underworld. We don't really know, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on on planet Earth. And John and I have both done different types of independent research on this. And it's going to be really fun to talk about. Yeah, this is going to be great. Um, you know, I mean, portals, portals, what can you say? I mean, everybody knows what a portal is, but I don't know how many people have actually seen them. Yeah, it's kind of weird, like built into our. Yeah, it's a part of our culture. Yeah. Like, why is that, though? Is it is it pop culture? Is it like movies or something? Like, what is it? Honestly, I think it's movies. I, you know, it's like, OK, so think about how ancient cultures used to live. Ancient cultures used to tell uh, the story of their history um, verbally, right? through through word of mouth i mean it passed down history to history or person to person their whole history nowadays what we have are movies and tv shows and i think that some of this stuff like the tv show stargate or the movie stargate i think that these are in a sense kind of soft disclosure of mm. things that that have been going on under the surface um but it's a really curious thing how our history these days has turned into this type of media, like the, the storytelling aspect of our history is, is full media, recorded media now, when for hundreds, thousands of years beyond that, it's just word of mouth. That's true. Yeah, word of mouth and or um, or kind of written down and in, in different poems and, and right. stuff that, that kind of got distributed, especially down in like Greek culture and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. It's kind of bizarre that the first recorded history is like 500 BC. Like that doesn't. No, really it doesn't make sense. sense. No, it doesn't make. Well, that's the you know. We get into the whole issue of cyclical time. The yugas, the the ages. The Greeks have got the ages. The the Hindus have got the yugas. Other cultures, the Toltecs have got uh, these ages. Many cultures have these ages, and and. This whole beginning of time thing or around 500 BC or 4,000 years ago or whatever is, is literally actually the beginning of the Kali Yuga. Mm. But there were previous ages with previous cultures before and that. The, and the Kali Yuga is what exactly for everyone at home? The Kali Yuga is an age within the um, cycle of time called the Yugas. That is, it's akin to how the Greeks have the ages as well, from the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze, the Bronze Age, Age, the Iron Age, and then it goes back up towards the Golden Age again. It's the same with the Yugas from the Hindus. It's the same concept, right? Mm -hmm. And it just goes in a cycle, in a cycle. And in between these ages are when things get reset, things get destroyed. We have meteors hitting the earth, whatever. But it seems to be this very cyclical thing, and it follows the processional equinox. Um, so, so I think that a lot of our history 
uh, human history and even beyond whatever was here before has been wiped out catastrophically. And so when people think of um, how far back our history goes, well, we've got documentation that goes back to such and such time and that's it. So that's ha that had to have been when we started to use our brains for putting down symbols in books mm. to relay concepts to each other. So I don't believe that for a second, though. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a I, I think there are I think there's documentation. Well, when you get to the the Vedas, the Hindus, there's documentation that is considered mythology. Now we consider it mythology because humans didn't develop this. Oh, it's like the Bible, even all the right. stories in that are mythology, right? Like, right. and everyone in the past was so stupid and exactly yeah. and it's this linear progression upward always upwards theory of darwinism right well and, and and indeed like in the past in text like there's some stuff that's hard to accept like the fact that humans could live past 100 for instance you right. know in the bible you have like noah living till what like 600 900 years old something like that yeah exactly right so like how do you accept that but then the more research you do the more you find that that could have been the case, depending right. on how the oxygen levels of the earth were and all of this stuff, right? Right. It's like shortly after when the automobile was invented, nobody thought you can go faster than like 20 miles an hour. Otherwise, your face will get ripped off. You know, and then you read these <laughs> ancient documents. And it's like people were living to 600 years old. Like, oh, yeah. can we even get past 100? Probably not. Hmm. Too scary. I'm really glad your face doesn't get ripped off when you go over 20. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awful. It'd be awful. <laughs> we, and we'd be traveling around really slowly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, the, the, like the, the cycle of the ages has really fascinated me because you've got the Mahabharata coming from the, the Indians, the yeah. Hindus, and it is literally a historical document from the previous age before Christianity established itself, right? Mm. So, so you can dig and find these really ancient documents from deep, deep earth past where there was a whole different thing going on. A totally different thing. When you get into uh, Krishna and and the blue beings, heck, when we've remote viewed other places across the universe, we get the same blue beings. Like they just show up in the yeah. data, and they are exactly like what the Hindus. Yeah, what we see in their artwork, right? Right. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. So, John, just because you touched on it, can you tell everyone at home what remote viewing is, just so that they're aware? Yeah, remote viewing is is really a way to get non-local information, anything that is not perceivable by your five senses in that moment. So, so anything outside of your five senses, right? Could be on the other side of the universe, the earth, it could be next door. Could even be in another future. time, right? Yeah, another time, the future, the past. And we use we use multiple remote viewers to look at specific things and they never know what they're looking at. They never know what they're remote viewing before they remote view it because then they can confabulate. The human you know, mind can add in notions to that and affect the data that's coming back, right? Right, right. And then we correlate all the data, the mm. points between the remote viewers to build the picture of what's there. Well, and if everyone at home thinks that concept is crazy, I mean, the CIA has been doing a lot of work that you find documents on the CIA website where they're doing work on on remote viewing or, or having remote viewers do work for them. And different uh, intelligence agencies, three-letter agencies have have utilized remote viewers, historically speaking, over the last hundred years quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, before remote viewing, uh, the bureaucratized version, it was like uh, leaders going to oracles, right? I mean... Which we're strangely going to get into in yeah. probably episode two of this. <laughs> yeah. 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 But but so, OK, so portals, um, it's such an interesting discussion. And I think um, 
I'm not exactly how to pronounce this, but Aram Aramu Aramu Muru Aramu Muru. I haven't come across this. What is this, John? Well, this this is site uh, near Lake Titicaca in Peru, and it's literally this big, huge cliff wall that's been a, a false door has been cut into it. So a false door is a door that doesn't go anywhere. It mm -hmm. looks like a door, but it's flat. It just doesn't go anywhere. And false doors were used in uh, Egypt um, in many different cultures as and they put them in tombs and they were a signi signifier of the doorway that you go through um, to pass into death. Get to right? the other side. Right, to get to the other side. But we find these, um, yeah, there you go, Aramu Muru. Um, so, but we find these, these in different cultures across the whole world. Nearly every culture has some idea about a false door and what it's for. That we've seen them in Turkey, we've seen them in Egypt, we've seen them in Europe. They're all over the place. And we were when we remote view some of these things, each one is different. Like I, I know there's even one that's supposed to be a gate to hell. I don't remember where it might be in Greece. I don't know. It could be one of those that you know about since you go mm -hmm. down that pathway, right? So so Aramu Muru is interesting because when we remote viewed it, it it is this like connection point of earth energies. It's like a node of earth energies. And you hear people talk about this where, and this is a, a new age concept, I think, where they talk about how earth energies lay lines, lay lines will converge at specific points. And at those specific points is where you will find an increased amount of energy. And that energy can be used for different things or represents different things. Um, so for instance, in Sedona, Arizona, you yeah, that's that's yeah. considered a really big, like, vortex or something right. you've got the vortex so you've got a lot of cross points there of nodes and that's putting out an energy right so there's different types of portals that's like an energy portal mm. it's not necessarily this you know portal to another dimension but it's a, a healing portal healing energy exists here and then and then when you get to aramumuru that's actually a portal portal which in our data it talks about it literally moving through a tunnel to another world another dimension um, and we've seen in, in remote viewing data where uh, people get sucked into it and they kind of end up in this sort of washing machine state unless there's an intention to go somewhere. Um, and they'll either get they'll either come back out. And literally, there are stories about people who have done this, too. If like that, recent stories? Or? Yeah, recent stories. Recent Whoa. stories. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I'll have to dig it up another time. But this guy um, claimed that that happened to him. And that's exactly what we see in our data when we see people who go into the portal there. And there's a story about these musicians who were, it's interesting because these musicians were playing for a wedding party in front of that area. And this is more in recent times. And they hit specific notes. And this is another interesting aspect about this place. They hit specific frequencies, specific notes. That excited a piezoelectric charge in the rock. See, this is the whole thing about it. It's like there's a convergence of piezoelectricity, of ley line energy, natural earth energy that creates these places, right? And and they hit specific notes that opened it up and they say that these musicians were sucked in forever, gone forever, right? Like they never seen again. Never seen again. Right. Right. Never seen again. So so that that place um, is very fascinating from the standpoint of it literally from remote viewing data being an active portal 
Um, some of these we find there's nothing really there, right? It's just somebody's making up a story. But this one seems to be a real, a real thing. And it's based off of opening up, going in is based off of um, specific notes or frequencies. And you find that a lot. Mm. So maybe their culture was set up around different frequencies and that's how they discovered this. And um, that's very interesting. Well, no, no. So when we looked at like what this is, when it came about, oh, this see, this goes back to the previous age, previous ages here. Yeah, like an ancient civilization. Right. So and and with remote viewing, I've really developed a huge like cosmology of what has happened on this planet um, and, and where we've come from. I mean, absolutely not everything because there's major holes everywhere in, in my mm. understanding, but what it appears to be, and we see this at different sites across this planet. Um, uh, there are other locations where the same thing happened. So this portal was used as an escape point during major cataclysm and wars in a previous civilization of human and alien subjects. And we found this as well with um, uh, the tombs at Saqqara, right, in Egypt. So the tombs at Saqqara that are the so-called Apis bull tombs because they didn't know what they were for because they're so huge. Mm. When we remote viewed that, that was literally the same kind of idea as a Ramamuru. People going underground, going into these locations that are a different type of technology to transport them to a different place because there's cataclysm, there's war going on on this planet. We also find it at other sites too, uh, Gobe Gobeleki Tepe, same thing. Anything that we have that is a, a deep underground um, civilization, you know, you find these where they're, they've carved out a city underground, same situation. They were escaping from what was going on on the surface. And this is pre-Christianity, all pre-Christianity. Were the conditions on Earth different or, I mean... Conditions on Earth were different. Um, you, you had, as far as remote viewing data goes, it points to um, different types of beings who were fighting over um, position and influence on this planet. So not materials, actually. It was like position and influence. A lot of it is position and influence. Hmm. Well, think about humans. Humans are uh, a resource, right? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like little, we're a little farm. Um, so, so, so a lot of it was position and influence over humans and controlling what happens on this planet. There you go. I mean, th these types of sites were built when they go underground. And the interesting thing about this particular site, I think this is Gobeleki Tepe. Gobeleki Tepe. I, I, I always massacre the name. Um, it was actually covered up by somebody. It didn't get, um, uh, rolled over with dirt, mud, and rocks by a natural phenomena. It was literally, dirt was deposited over it to cover it and hide it, which is a fascinating thing. Why did that happen? Right? Yeah, why? Why hide that? Right. Why hide that? Um, it looks like, you know, as far as remote viewing goes, it could be related to portal type aspect under the ground there, and they wanted to keep it closed and contained. Now, we're not talking about a portal into un an underground area. You're talking about a portal to somewhere to else. Somewhere else, right, mm -hmm. right. So ancient technology utilized uh, Earth-type locations and energies, ultimately. And then when you get to places like Stonehenge, Avebury, 
locations like that. These these sites are sort of a remembrance of how it used to be on this planet. And so they were trying to recreate to a degree what it used to be like because there was an ancient under there was an understanding of this ancient technology. And and they didn't have all of the ducks in a row in order to recreate it after cataclysms. So they erected things like Avebury and Stonehenge to try to consolidate that energy. So um so Stonehenge it, basically what you're saying is Stonehenge was made from your perspective or from your data after the fact, like yeah. it's, it's, an, it's more recent um, structures that were built to remember past technologies. I mean, they're incredibly, incredibly old and it doesn't necessarily have to do with, um, with um, we had a cataclysm and then they were trying to remember to, like how to rebuild what was here before. Some mm -hmm. of the stuff could have been um, before these cataclysms as well, because they had uh, interaction or effect or a little bit of knowledge of what was going on elsewhere on Earth, and they knew about it, and they're trying to do it too. Oh wow! So so it's like a lot of these are very much, you know, trying to recreate something that they saw or knew of elsewhere that that consolidated earth energies that can be used i mean heck today a lot of highly powerful spots charged spots on this planet are taken over by government military and churches yeah why i mean yeah it's the same thing as in the past it's like you put something there to take that energy i mean you do you just do it's just that the people at large don't understand this don't or to keep people sleepy really right yeah I mean, it's very, it's very hard to have a, a narrative like we have on Earth right now when everybody knows about everything that's actually here. Right. <laughs> How could we have the beliefs that we have right now yeah. if, if everybody knew about everything, right? Right, 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 exactly. Well, I, you know, it's interesting right now, this whole thing about um, uh, fusion, right? They, they put out, the energy department put out this thing about fusion. Which, yeah, I saw that. Come on, like, 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 this is wholly politically motivated. I mean, fusion has been around. This has been in black projects for I don't know fifty for at least from the fifties and sixties. For for a while, yeah. For a while, you know, and so a lot of this stuff, people are put in this just weird little carnival world, with with just I don't know, just quick sensory information in front of them to keep chasing after and just put in a little box that way. It's very strange to me what happens here. That's very confounding. It's confusing. I think, yeah, it is confusing. Actually, we could probably do a separate episode just on that. Yeah, we could. <laughs> like, why is it like this? Um, yeah. You know, I actually think there's a lot of reasons for that uh, that we could get into. But, um, but that is a different episode. Yeah. And we're talking about cool stuff today. So, um, you know, one of the things that you and I experienced together was a very strange, well, collectively strange experiences that people have had and we have had at, uh, at Mount Adams in, right. in Washington. Uh, Mount Adams, depending on like where you're standing, I guess you could say, from about 12 miles away, there are lights coming off of that mountain that are very, very difficult to explain. I mean, yeah, you saw stuff there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, and, and what I mean by I saw stuff is I saw lights on the mountain flickering that I couldn't explain. And they definitely were not campfires. I mean, 
we're talking about lights probably in the in the right side of that uh, mountain somewhere yep. um, where according to how big the light was, it would have to have been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet wide that that light. Right. Right. And, and a campfire just wouldn't produce the same way and it wouldn't go away. That's the thing. Like these lights would come and go. And it was the first thing I saw when I got there is I was, I was just confused. And I was like, hey, what are those lights on the mountain? And then I just got this bizarre feeling and people were kind of trying to explain to me what was going on. And, and I was just like, what? Because I'd never yeah. seen anything like I went to I went to like. I went to that area thinking I was going to see stuff in the sky and I ended up seeing more stuff on the mountain that confused me than anything else. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, the area, you know, regular people just write it off as people climbing the mountain and those are the campfires or lights, but the area that the lights predominantly come from are not the area that anybody can even get to. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it's literally, okay. So I've been up there. I've explored that mountain like crazy. I have been above tree line in that area where all the lights are and it's all rotten volcanic rock, meaning that you've got avalanches that are occurring on a regular basis of rock and these very unstable ridgeline slopes that you walk up. People don't go up there. You no, you can't. can't go up there. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, I nearly killed myself traveling around up there because of the rotten rock the volcanic gases have completely broken down the rock you can't go there and and i can't even get to the areas where the lights are because i was trying to get to those areas and the way that the people go to climb the mountain is not that way you just not that way when they go to peak it absolutely not hmm. so 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 those lights are really really fascinating and you know we've done extensive remote viewing on on how they form why they form um where they're coming from and what we have there the viewers actually describe a gate which is different um normally when remote viewers are are viewing something portal like they're gonna say a portal but for this they actually kept calling like it a door a gate a gate curiously curiously a gate and I thought that language is interesting. So another gate thing is interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, I let you into my backyard and you came in through the gate. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now here's the other thing that I found very strange with the, the data around this. The other thing that they call the they call the lights coming out of it, they'll call it um, um, a chariot or a Vimana. So just so that everyone knows, Dom, what you're showing is a light above the mountain. What we're talking about are lights on the mountain. But sometimes they'll fly off the mountain. Sometimes they will fly off. So what, yep. what that could be is something that has flown off for sure. But on the mountain, in different areas of the mountain, there are these strange lights that are that are occurring. So sorry, go ahead, John. I just wanted everyone at home yeah. to understand. But Dom, thank you for showing that stuff. So, 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 Whenever we remote view anything UFO or portal related, they say UFO, anti-gravity, blah, blah, blah. Like there's this whole, whole, there's like a dictionary of terms they use, right? Is because they're sensing, they're perceiving something, they're getting an experience and, and that experience is drawing them to make these types of um, explanations about it. Now, when you get to Mount Adams, they don't call it a portal like they normally do. They call it a gate. They don't call these lights UFOs like they normally do. They don't say aliens like they normally do. They say the mana. They say chariot. Why? 
why that's why that's really strange that's isn't it strange interesting that i found that really 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 curious so 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 when we look at the lights one of the things i mean i've remote viewed it extensively as well myself and one of the things that happens like when you're remote viewing you're feeling it the light is moving in this pattern really 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 fast in this pattern i'm like I'm viewing it this one time. I'm like, it's a star. It's like a star shape. It's moving in a star shape really fast. And then I get other data from other viewers and they're saying the same thing. It's a, it's this lights in a star shape. It's moving in a star shape. I'm like what, why is it moving in a star shape? And, and then I'm like, this is a Merkaba. It's, it's the, it's a shape of a Merkaba, right? Which is a curious thing because when you get to like Ezekiel's wheel, and and that type of stuff, the, these biblical type references, they interchange as an ancient term, right? They'll interchange it with chariot. Hmm. They'll interchange it with chariot. Hmm. And the chariot is what pulls God or a God, one right. of the gods, right? right. Lots of paintings so, of these. Right. So there's there's no difference between a Merkaba and a chariot. Hmm. They're the same thing, right? Vamana is the same thing. It carried the ancient aliens, the God ancient aliens, right? From from the past. And, and so what the viewers are all saying is that this is something ancient. We are using ancient terms to describe this location because these things are not grays flying around in anti-gravity craft. This is something totally different. Huh. Totally. Now, I believe that the reason why they call it a gate is because it's a gate to a higher realm, a gate to another dimension. What do people call the gate? They call it the gate to heaven. Wow. So are we, so is it that we can see lights on this mountain because we're, the veil is thin there and, and we're seeing something like. Almost no, they're, they're literally, I don't, well, the veil is thin. Yes, absolutely for sure. But I think that we see them because that's where they are because there is a gate there to another realm and they're protecting it. Now, here's the other weird thing. When we remote viewed this as well, and this other people have talked about this, and this is actually quite shocking to me. I mean, remember, this is blind remote viewing. You're not and like- no one knows what they're viewing. They're just telling you what to see. Like one session they're doing, like they're viewing the Eiffel Tower for practice, training purposes, and they don't know what they're viewing then. The next session can be on Mount Adams, one of the crazy lights, right? So they don't know what they're getting ever. So they were describing feline-like beings in the data that were creating these light formations that were coming out of this gate. Okay, now put all that together. When you get into like, there's no way to explain this stuff. Yeah, how do you explain that? To other than going into like new age thoughts and ideas yeah. and aliens, what people have out there and or you can go into referencing aspects of the Bible. And I know this is the stuff that pisses people off. Like I've found that when I bring this kind of stuff up, people will go apoplectic on me sometimes because you're bringing up the Bible, you're referencing the Bible, right? And I'm not, I mean, I grew up, I'm Buddhist. I grew up Zen. I just look for research correlations is all I ever do is I'm a researcher and a remote viewer. So what is it that protects the throne of God? The lion. Hmm. What is it that pulls the, the chariot of God, the four faces of God, the lion, right? So here in remote viewing data land, we've got this feline being 
who's creating a Merkaba, which is interchangeable with the chariot that pulls a god, and it's protecting a gate. And the lion within Christian mythology, it's all of that. Like it, it like lines so up. With I don't thing. understand why there would be flipping out over that when there's angels that we don't necessarily see, but that could occur somewhere else. But we accept those as as fact. But why this would, if anything, I would imagine this would confirm, right, what's in the Bible, not take right. away from. You know exactly. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's such a controversial. It's getting even more and more controversial these days. Be, like going back to the Bible and referencing it for research purposes. Mm. I know the Bible is a huge mishmash of stuff that's not exactly that no one really understands. To be to right. be fair, right? Exactly. Like, like I can't say that I understand it completely, and and another person can't say they understand it completely. The only like really like it's up to your understanding of what those things mean, and everybody's at a different place with that, you know? Yeah, exactly. But. When I get to like referencing the Bible with this, it's like the same with remote viewing. Like, I don't even know what the remote viewing data is ultimately saying. It's saying a lot of weird stuff. And the only way I can correlate it is through that document, which mm. is fascinating to me. Absolutely 100% fascinating to me because that is, in my mind, at least, I've been in remote viewing so long that when we do projects on these things, they're real, they're mm. reality. And that leads me into doing exploring, deeper exploring physically around it. And, and, and literally that place, I believe, is a gate, dimensional doorway to a higher realm. It's a portal to a higher realm, a higher location. Absolutely is. And these beings are there to serve it, service it, protect it, and you know whatever else they're doing. It's a, and those it's, are those lights you saw. Yeah, and it's kind of an incredible that more people aren't aware of this thing right because like right. when i went there i just got this like the strangest feeling i was like it, i was just like this is you know, know. there there are there aren't many instances in your life where you get that particular quality of mysterious feeling right. you know what i mean but that was like i know it's amazing yeah. i mean we're doing this one shoot with ancient aliens um, mm. about Mount Adams and, and me and my team were remote viewing phenomena around out that Mount Adams. Right. And so at one point they're they're like doing some filming out in the, in this field. And there's this light that just like goes, just appears out of nowhere yeah. in the sky above the mountain. And, and I'm like, Oh my God. God and I'm yelling and pointing at it and I'm not supposed to be because they're filming and stuff and I'm sure I'm like somewhere in there going <laughs> and 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 this light gets so huge and they're so busy focused on like recreating something at that moment that they yeah. don't even see it until it's just disappearing till it's just disappearing but this is what I noticed happened on a regular basis this one light would appear above the mountain at the same time every day and then that's kind of like the 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 photo that Dom showed a few minutes ago. It's kind of like that. Yeah, kind of like that. Now, one thing about that light is that when you when you when it appears, you feel this like shot of amazing energy going through your heart. Like boom, like you're floored when mm. that thing appears. Just incredible. Wow. Yeah, that place is that place is something else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now that we've talked about um, the positive, what is the Lucifer's telescope? 
Oh man, you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, what is I don't know what, what it is. What a juxtaposition there. All right, we're going to go from heaven to hell. And then we'll go back to heaven really quick somehow. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about the Lucifer telescope that the Vatican runs? Is that what this is? Is that what you want? Is that the one you want to talk about? Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> All right. Let me let me find Okay, so that the Lucifer telescope is in Arizona and actually it was the Vatican and you mean they own this land john the university of arizona so the university of arizona and the vatican there it is lucifer um it's an acronym i need to like dig up what the acronym is it's the large binocular telescope near infrared utility with camera and integral field field unit for extra galactic research that's the acronym it acronym is lucifer got it yeah they so purpose isn't that weird anyway yeah. it was it was the vatican that spearheaded this location um of all places with the university of arizona and they run it jointly but mostly it's the vatican okay so why so would the vatican approve of a of a telescope that they partly own being called that i don't that's mysterious to me isn't it mysterious unless scientists just have complete they're like did it to make a point and to laugh at them or something well yeah. i know but it's the same thing as the cern logo i mean it's like yeah. dude the cern logo is... yeah it's like give me that 666 baby yeah. you know it's it's ridiculous <laughs> so have you seen their their um the the snake cathedral that is yes in, uh, dude yeah. yes the building is out of control it's right? out of control so anyway lucifer so we had remote viewed this um it's a really interesting thing so we task specifically on you know what what was the reason for building that putting that there and the reason literally in the data was talking about they are tracking an object a specific object in deep space that is of major which is of a major threat and also of relevancy to stuff that they know about biblical type stuff so that in that particular area was yeah there you go mount graham vatican owned um that particular area was the best vantage point best place that they could um try and track this object from right mm. so they are literally tracking something that they know about that is headed towards earth that probably references some documentation that they have and that's why they went after this that's why they did this Hmm. Now, one of the curious parts about all of this is that um, when we remote viewed it, and there are legends around this as well, is they took the land from the Apache. They literally just took the land. There were so many protests about it. Like, why are you taking our land? Like, you have no reason to do it. Well, we want to just build this thing and you guys can't come near it. Now the native peoples, it's a sacred mountain for them. Now the native peoples can't even go near it without um, giving them 10 days notice on paper. Like they can't go use the land that they've used for centuries right ceremonies anymore so which is typical um but what we found was that a lot of the native lore revolve around portals in the location uh dimensional portals in the location so 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 digging on that aspect in on the remote viewing side it was literally this idea now who knows if this idea can come to fruition but it was it it, it really correlated with an idea that somehow there could be an escape hatch in this area for these people the vatican to get out before it comes so if they take over the area 
They they can understand how these natural portals work. Before I mean, what comes though? What comes? What is it? Before it's an galactic object, is what it is. Are they calling it Lucifer because they feel like they're tracking Lucifer? <laughs> I mean, be. no, I'm really, I'm just, I'm asking here. Like, yeah, I don't think those it. are good questions. <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Honestly, like it, don't it know. must be some type of co comet or it's a comet. It's a comet. So in remote viewing, it's hard when we when we remote view what it is, it's some type of extra galactic object. It's like the remote viewers don't go, oh, um, um, comet or planet X, Nibiru, whatever. They don't they don't yeah. say that kind of stuff. They literally just talk about flying debris and rocks in space, right? Could be a comet, could be something like that, could be just uh, a huge meteor shower, could be something like that. But it's something that the Vatican knows about. And what I think is that um, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of catastrophism. You know, catastrophism is one of those things that happens in between these ages. Right. And and so I honestly, I believe like the Vatican and, and Western culture has covered up that aspect of Earth history. and and they've got documentation that they took from the earlier ages and knew what happened to some and, and kind ages. of are hoarding it right and as we move through our our local system here um we move through these periods of time where we go through these uh, you know uh asteroid belts uh stuff is flying out of the Oort belt in specific directions at certain points in time and they know what these schedules are because they've got the documents and they've hidden them right so I believe that that really that's that's what it is. It's not a mystery. I mean, like, you know, I think I've said this before. If you listen to um, Randall Carlson, uh, geologist fella, uh, talks about this kind of stuff, he says if you peel back all of the um, the dirt from the Earth, it's going to be as pockmarked as the Moon, because we just get hit with stuff. You know, I mean, hit with stuff constantly. Yeah, it, absolutely. Right. Right. So anyway. There is that idea that's floated around where they are looking for an out. And I think, you know, this whole portal aspect uh, showed up along with it. Whether they can pull that off or not, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so one more we might be able to fit in here for episode one. Puma Punku. Puma Punku. Puma Punku. Yeah, the, the Gate of the Sun. Now, that's a curious one. You know, you know that one. That's down around Lake, Lake Titicaca. It's actually near um, Aramumuru. The it first is. one we're talking about. Yeah, it's nearby. It's a huge complex. And the Gate of the Sun was always said to be a portal. Um, a interesting. Portal. This is going to be really interesting in part two when we start talking about CERN. There's some things that right. I found related to this. Yes, exactly. So to me, it's like when we remote viewed that, the original intention of that thing, it was it was for a complex that would bring other beings through a gate, through a portal. Right. And that's an aspect of it. That particular construction, the gate of the sun is a particular instruction that construction that would fit into the whole construction. So mm -hmm. they, like I said before, would use earth energy to really power these things and then build around it with piezoelectric type rocks. Right. And they probably use tones, tonal frequencies to open and close these things. And, and uh, to me, it's like. Arama Mu is kind of like a marker point. It's like, hey, guys, here we've got a door to another world, right? We put it as a, as a false door so you know it doesn't go anywhere physically, but this is where you go through to another dimension. Now, Puma Punku is toward, going towards CERN where it's like, okay, now we're making them, right? We've got, we've got ancient culture. Mm -hmm. We've got ancient aliens who are now 
making these sites, making these locations, right? And I think like Stonehenge, like, you know, perhaps if, if you would think that a Druid made it to Pumapunku and, and saw it happening, like, oh, we got to recreate this. How do you know? How